Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Final extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, myself and Gareth will get stuck into Saturday night's event in Riyadh as Tyson Fury faces former UFC heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou in a mega, mega crossover event. Like it or loathe it, the world will be tuned in and we'll get stuck into it today, including the comments from Fury's brother Shane that talk sport are no longer welcome to cover Fury's fights moving forward. We'll also hear from Fury's two promoters, Frank Warren and Bob Arum, who have spoken to us this week. Away from the fright in Saudi this weekend, we are going to hear from Anthony Joshua's promoter, Eddie Hearn, who spoke with Gareth over the weekend about what's in plan for the former champion. And we're going to take a look take a look back at the win for Jack Catterall and an upcoming title defence for Chris Billum-Smith. Let's go through. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Tyson Fury doesn't like us anymore, doesn't like me and thinks that I've been unfair because I had the audacity to say a hundred thousand complimentary things and one derogatory thing. And the derogatory thing that I said in context was he should be ashamed of himself if he ducks Usyk. If. The big word, if. He is the hardest punching guy that I've seen in a long time. So I think it's going to be a fascinating fight. I'm a purist. I would have much preferred Fury to fight Usyk. Hopefully that'll come before the end of the year. The fight to make, as we know, is the Deontay Wilder fight. But that fight, for many reasons, isn't happening in, in January. But we still want to make that fight. And talks continue with them and Shelley Finkel to do that fight. He's got this thing in his head about three fights in 2023. So much to unpack from that opening package there. We're going to get into all of it with Gareth A. Davis, who's out in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Gareth, firstly, how are you, my man? I'm very well, Addy. Um, it's very warm here. Um, it's very warm and welcoming here. Um, there is a guest list that I'm not allowed to reveal the extent of, but this is a very, very big event, and I await your presence here tomorrow. Yeah, no, you are correct about that guest list. I've been lucky enough to have had... Yeah. eye on it as well and it's insane it, 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 that, the it, word that is a very good word it is insane it's absolutely it's a it's almost like a hall of fame which honestly they are very very excited about it 
here and for all the the kind of criticism that has been in the past of Fury and Naganu, and it's a great card it's an extraordinary event I've said it all along it's it's a it's a it's an extra spectacular event they've pulled out all the stops um and when we finish I'm going down to the grand arrivals in the boulevard here um yeah it, it's 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 amazing to be a part of it i've got to say it's a privilege to be here when did you arrive uh, i'm trying to remember now um <laughs> i think i oh, that's right i did the talk sports show on saturday night got, got home packed had a couple of hours to sleep and got here sunday evening mm. um to on I, I said it to mark saggers on talk tv on sunday night because i i, I did a, a segment with him uh, on his sunday night show um on talk tv and it felt like when you arrived at the airport, it was a bit like arriving at an Olympic Games because there's kind of kiosks, meeting people, battle battle of the baddest vans. Mm. Um, just they want to make sure that it runs as smoothly as possible. And this is their opportunity to really show that they can do big fight events um, as spectacularly as we've ever seen in Vegas and at Wembley Stadium and all those kind of places. It's fascinating. It's just fascinating. Yeah, no, I can't wait to get out there. I fly out um, tomorrow morning. I get into Riyadh tomorrow evening. So we'll certainly catch up and sort of talk about what they've been doing uh, so far. It's a good undercard as well. And I think that's what has attracted a lot of hardcore boxing fans. I know, I know some yeah. hardcore boxing fans aren't too fussed about the main event because they feel like it's a formality. But you look at the undercard and there's some really good 50-50 fights, none more so than Adelaide versus Wardley. Yeah, I mean, I flew out, weirdly, with um, uh, David Adelaide, um, Frank Warren. In fact, they were on another flight. There, there was a, a, a flight, two flights, uh, 10 minutes apart. And I, um, I I sat down in my seat on the plane and I, this big, booming young voice said to me, Hello. And it was Moses Itauma, so I had uh, him for company on the way. I mean, Obviously, uh, you was in first class then. Um, you could say that. <laughs> no, we, 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 we did turn left on the plane, yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Um, but um, you know, the, the, the thing is, like you say, the, the Wardley-Adelaide um, uh, fight, and, and interestingly as well, of course, I think it's one of the very first times that British title fight has been um, staged, I say staged, you know what I mean by that, abroad, mm. um, and the Boxing Board of Control of the Commission here. So, you know, th th there's just every step of, of, of the way there's, there, there have been attempts and successful attempts to make this, um, you know, as, as successful as possible. And like you say, the undercard, I mean, Jack McGann, who's the only non-heavyweight on the on the cards, six heavyweight fights, and, and that in itself is something special. Um, you know, Jack McGann at some um, light middleweight fighting Roberto Duran Jr. Were you aware of that? No. The son, the son of Roberto Duran. Um, and then you've got six heavyweight. I, I think we're going to get into it a bit later anyway, aren't we? But um, when you've got 
former world champion Joseph Parker, you got the Adelaide Wardley fight with for the British Commonwealth titles and a lot of venom. I think the Commonwealth titles are. It might just be the British uh, on the line. Um, I might have confused that with Isaac Chamberlain, Mikhail Awal at the weekend. Um, but um, you know, Arslan Bekmakmudov on the card, who's num- ranked number five with the WBC, the, the the world title that's held by Tyson Fury. You've got Young Moses of Town, where you've got Martin Bacoli as a dark horse in the division. Former world champion Joe Parker. If I'm repeating myself, it's tiredness, but um, it's an extraordinary card, and I I really do think it's an extraordinary event. And I'm going to see my first set piece tonight. Um, I had breakfast with Frank Warren on Sunday morning on the way out, and he said he, you know, again he knew the guest list, and he said he's never really seen anything like it. No, it, it is sensational. We're going to get into the fight. We're going to get into the fact that Talksport aren't there covering the event as well, which is a conversation that we need to have. But I do want to, if we can, sort of focus on what happened on the weekend. Jack Cattrall uh, beating Jorge Linares. Um, Jack Cattrall winning it. I, I fought in the end quite comfortably. Jorge Linares, um, off the back of that fight, calling quits on his career after, what, 20, 20 plus years in the ring, a freeweight world champion. Um, you obviously, as you say, you were covering uh, the fight on Final Extra with, with Spencer Oliver, I believe. What did you make of Jack's performance? Yeah, no, we're Fight Night Extra. That was Fight Night, but Fight Night Extra is important. (laughs) Um, um, Look, the fight played out exactly as I thought it would. Jack Catterall is a very difficult fighter. He's very complete. You know, he's not the most... um, I'd like to have seen him finish Linares if he could. Linares was um, kind of in a little bit of trouble in the fifth, I think it was. Um, Obviously, I was in the studio and I was monitoring it while we were doing the show. Um... But I, I, I thought it was very good matchmaking. Linares, of course, 38, lost his last three. He was in his 57th fight, I think. Three-weight world champion, of course, below 140 pounds at feather, super feather and, and lightweight. Um, and Jack Cattrall won it handily. Um, Linares is a clever fox. And so he survived the fight. Um, and, and Jack Cattrall kind of just went through the gears a little bit without really getting revving it up to to look for the finish. But, you know, hopefully it will lead to, and the ambition is to have him fighting Josh Taylor in, in that rematch that we'd all love to see. But I thought it was a good performance. Very, very solid. Yeah, that's exactly the way you read that fight. is exactly how I saw it as well. Like Jack, I thought... Yeah had a couple of more gears there to really make a statement to the rest of the 140 pounders. Like, I am the number one, whether or not we believe that or not. But to say, you know, I am number one, I should be champion. There were a couple of times where Jorge Linares was hurt, like really hurt. And I was like, okay, go and pounce on him. And he didn't. And I'm thinking, that's the guy who's lost his last three, who you're much bigger than in the ring. And as you just pointed out, he's 38. And he didn't do it. He didn't step on the gas when I feel like he really needed to make a statement. And um, because of that, I think it's going to be difficult I know Eddie's been speaking about him taking on the winner of Haney Progray. He's not going to get yeah. that. He's not going to get that fight. Well, I mean, well, I mean, you know, if you have that knowledge, then that's fine. But I mean, he may. Mm. Um, I think the fight we'd all like to see him have is, is Josh. with Taylor. Yeah, it's Josh. With yeah. Josh Taylor. Um, I think, you know, that that's a fight that sells, it ignites. There's controversy from the first fight where almost all of us believe that, that Jack won that fight. Um, but I think if I... I'm not going to be too critical of Jack because you you have to think of the quality of Linares as well. Um, That, I mean, the fact is, look, there's two things here. The fact that Linares has retired after the fight shows that um, he hasn't really got it in him anymore Mm. um, by his own admission um, that he's had enough. Um, But I think Jack is so comfortable in the office, if you like, 
Um, he's not a guy that, that that goes after fighters. He's a very, very clever, solid southpaw. Um, and, you know, you, you can always be critical of people not going for a finish, but a finish, Jamie Moore will tell you, Nigel Travers will tell you in this corner that the, the, the finish comes naturally. And you've got to give the credit to Linares that he's so skilled and 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 so wizened in the ring that he might have been difficult to get out of there. And, and, and Catchall probably didn't want to take any risks at this point. But um, there's lots of ways of seeing things in boxing, as we're going to find out on this show tonight. Indeed, and you are correct that the most important thing is getting the W, and he got that. A man who also got the W on Saturday was Isaac Chamberlain, who beat... Mikhail Lowell to become the British and Commonwealth champion and you could see what it meant to him after even before the scores are being read out he's in tears just because I, I think of him as almost someone that's been thrust upon us early uh, because of that Lawrence O'Coley fight where it was a stinker that's not his fault it was just a stinker but it was a loss and then the Chris Bidham Smith fight another big fight and a loss and I always felt like is he going to be that guy that's in big fights but ultimately loses or is he going to win one a big one and this was a big one on Saturday right um they kind of pushed it well as well. They did a little face-off. And in the end, he was so much better than Mikhail Lowell. So much better to the point now where you're excited for him going forward with those two titles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I remember the the, the Lawrence Acoli and Isaac Chamberlain fight was at O2 Arena, of course. There were 8,000 people there, I think, that night. And both of them were very young in their careers. And mm. I remember it was called British Beef, but I remember... Um, maybe slightly unkindly dubbing it in the end, it was corned beef hash oh. um, rather than British beef. And because, <laughs> they, well, neither of them got out of first gear that yeah. night, did they? And they were both slightly overawed by the occasion. They were headlining at the O2. I think, I think they were both like 10 fights into their career around about that, something mm. like that. And um, I think in this one, I mean, Isaac Chamberlain, everything in life's a process and Isaac Chamberlain, um, is a is a is a, an incredible human being. He's got an amazing story, um, and I think what he didn't do, what he did do, or what he didn't allow Mikel Lawal to do, and Lawal looked a bit under par, but he never allowed Lawal out of the box. He moved around the ring in a in a in, in an atmospheric. Um, you'll call Bethnal Green, by the way. Props to to uh, Ben Shalom, Sky agreed, and Boxing for, um, for for rescuing that card after the injury to Dan Aziz. Obviously, he and the Boat, he didn't fight Joshua Boatsy in the end. Um, and I just thought it was we're, we're starting to see a bit more completeness from Isaac now. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a thrilling fight. The animosity in the build up suggested it might be, but in the end, it wasn't because um, Chamberlain showed that he had. The, the skills to best Lawal again without getting maybe out of third gear mm. alright still to come we are going to hear from Eddie Hearn who spoke with Gareth and Spencer Oliver on Saturday discuss the latest uh, with Anthony Joshua we're also going to talk about an upcoming fight for Crispin and Smith that was announced today but up next a huge event in Saudi Arabia Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou Tyson 
to be on my A game because there's more on the line now than a boxing fight. If I lose to a number one contender or another champion, it's like, well, he lost to a champion, whatever. But if I lose to an MMA guy, I'm never going to be able to show my face in public again. If Fury loses this fight, it would be the biggest upset in heavyweight boxing history. I'm the best at what I do because I'm the most elusive world champion in history. I don't think he can. I don't think anyone can land it on me. That's a fact. And if they do, I'll just get back up. So maybe he's underestimating him and that's about the only chance that I think that Francis Ngannou will have. I don't know if Tyson Fury needs to win his A game. I'm thinking more D or E game to beat Francis Ngannou. That's just my own thoughts on it, though. You are listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis, who's out in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, as we look ahead to what is one of the biggest events I think we've ever seen in boxing, uh, this battle of the baddest, which takes place on Saturday. Uh, Gareth, I want to get this out of the way because I do want to move on and talk about other more important subjects. But uh, TalkSport won't be there uh, on Saturday, by the way, no, will, no, will BBC. By the way, they've—I think they're not there either. But Talksport won't be there, uh, and that's just because uh, Tyson Fury don't want them to be there uh, because he believes, obviously, that this radio station has somewhat of an agenda against him because of certain uh, presenters saying certain things. Um, Simon Jordan responded to that, and Simon Jordan brought your name up and um, said, "I think some honestly horrible comments. I didn't like them at all when I heard them. Um, they're wrong." I think they're rude, they're arrogant, they come from a place of just not understanding what you do in this boxing space. You've obviously heard what Simon Jordan had to say. What did you make of it? Um, well, look, I mean, the, everyone's got opinions. It's a, it's a sport of opinions, boxing. Um, fight sports always is that. Um, I maintain all the way along that... Um, I mean, I think, you know, Tyson Fury explains his situation to Boxing Kingdom um, which was he felt that he'd been over-criticised. And um, I think even in an interview today with um, IFL TV, he'd explained it again. Do you think said, he has been over-criticised? Um, like, do you I think, think it's just a par with all boxers get the same treatment across the board? Well, I, 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 think, I think when you... If you take the extreme fans' view on things, where people are saying that he should be fighting U6 straight away, there's a reason why... Um, the undisputed heavyweight championship hasn't taken place. What's well, never taken place in the four belt era, and the last time in the three belt era was obviously Lennox Lewis, and in 1999 with Amanda Holyfield. So, you know, the, 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 the heavyweight boxing has a history of this, and you know, um, we have to have long memories in in the sport because things happen for a reason. Money, timing, ego. I've always said this. I've always thought Tyson Fury. I've been consistent, and there's no way that Tyson Fury was ducking Usyk. Uh, I mean, he's got no reason to duck Usyk. Yes, he might be a difficult opponent, but you know, Tyson Fury is the number one heavyweight in the world, in my view. I've, I've maintained that view. Um, I think he beats Usyk when and if they fight, but it's not an easy fight. I think. Um, the the comments from Tyson Fury um, about I think I think some of the comments on on Tyson Fury on our station have been ill informed um, and not understanding the way that um, heavyweight boxing works. It's an it's a wild west algorithm. Um, I, I've always said I thought it would happen, as I say, um, but you know. People have opinions, and um, I think they're fully entitled to them, but they're not my opinions. And you know, I, I, I've, I don't. Um, the the 
I mean, I'm, I know I've been consistent in my views on Tyson Fury as I'm consistent on my views on, on, on all the heavyweights. You know, I give my honest opinion. And I think if I, if I just around the corner here, because we aren't the story. I've, oh, I'm, you know, I'm a long-standing journalist. I've always been taught that we aren't the story, that the people we're talking about are the story. And if you want to make yourself the story, then that's fine. And it happens in this era of YouTube interviews. But... Um, I think just be informed. You and I have had this conversation many times on air and off air that we talk to so many people behind the scenes. There's always been a bigger picture to the heavyweight division right now. It's coming to fruition in Saudi Arabia at the moment. They are heavily invested in heavyweight boxing. I think we will see all those giant heavyweight fights in the next two years, in my view. And that is my understanding. I can't um, absolutely confirm it, but I, but I'm hearing my sources tell me that that is the journey that we're on here. So, um, and I've always felt that. I mean, my instincts always been that. So, um, I, I don't mind people can say whatever they want, um, but I think we have to remove ego from it. And as Simon said, you know, we we are persona non grata um, in in this event as Talksport, but I'm out here. I wear various hats, so so I'm out here. And I am talking on TalkSport. I am involved with you. And we, I will be bringing in from here and, and informing our listeners because, you know, as I said, I'm wearing many hats and I'm just going to tell it as I always tell it, as honestly as I can. One thing I will say as we move on, I, I do think it's dangerous when sort of fighters get a bit, you know, critiqued a little bit. And all of a sudden it's like, well, you can't cover my event then. So it's almost like you can't, I almost feel like you can't be as open and honest as you want to be sometimes around these fighters because they do take things so personal i mean but they aren't always but they aren't this is this is again we get back into the discussion of how boxing works they aren't always totally in control or they aren't getting the as i said timing money ego they aren't always in control of the bout happening no 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 i I agree with that but i think like for this this situation, for example, is one where you know you listen to Talksport nine times out of ten. It's actually quite positive about Tyson Fury, nine times oh, out of ten. Yeah. And the the one time where the, you know they have gone maybe slightly negative, it's all like okay, that's it. Talksport aren't there. I'm like one second. We've covered every single Tyson Fury belt. They now Talksport aren't there. Addy, in 32 years of covering boxing, I've experienced this over and over again, and you just have to accept it. Um, fighters are very sensitive. A loss is a, is a horrible experience for them. Um, you know, we just heard from Michael Bisping there and Carl Frampton. I agree with Carl Frampton that that um, Tyson Fury is a massive favourite. It'll be the um, biggest upset in, in heavyweight boxing history if he loses on Saturday night, even though the odds don't combat that. sports history. In combat sports combat history, sports history and, yeah, the biggest. Yeah, and and I think um, and like M- Michael Bisping, we heard from there as well, who, who sees. Um, obviously a, a former UFC middleweight champion who sees Fury as the only winner. But um, I can remember when Michael suffered his losses and he's to- talked about this very openly and very emotively um, since he retired, that when when you're hammering fighters sometimes, when they've lost or when they're in a difficult situation, it's a very emotional process for fighters and we do have to have empathy for them. So if they are sensitive, I mean, I've always found this, that... If you write things about fighters and it and it and it pinches a nerve, and doesn't matter how many um, you know kind of um, nice things you've written about them or complimentary things, it does 
no one likes being heavily criticised um, and no one likes to be called a charlatan or they should be ashamed or whatever it is. Um, so, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I love this sport. I lo I've got an incredible passion for it. I'm so delighted to be out here. And, uh, you know, it's a shame we're not here for talk sport, but I'm sure there will be fights in the future that we will be at. Certainly will be. Uh, let's hear from one of the promoters that's helped put on this event, Bob Arum, who, who's spoken about Saudi Arabia um, and, and he almost likened it to the Vegas casinos back in the 70s. You know, I'm an old guy and I remember these, <laughs> this question being asked me, is it possible to put on a major fight without the backing of the Las Vegas casinos? casinos. Yeah. You remember that? Back in the late 70s and early 80s, oh, if it wasn't for the casinos backing the sport, you couldn't get these big events. Well, that's true for now. The uh, Saudis uh, have, in effect, are using boxing to help build the infrastructure in Riyadh and in other places in Saudi Arabia because their goal is to become a big sports and entertainment center, just as Las Vegas casinos years ago used boxing to become a sports and entertainment center. Is there, do you think, a want from the Saudis to put on, if you like, middle-tier fights. Obviously, we're talking the very biggest they want, right? Wilder, AJ, Fury, Usyk, this one, uh, Fury and Garnu. Is there a want to put on mid-tier ones as well to show that they are truly invested in the sport of boxing? Or is it just these Hollywood mega Super Bowl-type events? Well, I think that's what we've got at the moment. But you'd imagine that, you know, they're, they're you know, they're, they've, they've shown that, look, they're with um, two promoters in Bob Arum and Frank Warren. They've got 100 years of boxing experience between mm. them as promoters. So, you know, you, you imagine they'd be picking their brains about who they should bring and um, who they should have here. There's definitely, um, there has been an opening. I mean, you can hear, listen, I've known Bob a long time and he's so clever on boxing. You know, he, he, he's, you know, he, he's, he's, he's very Machiavellian, and I don't mean that in an insulting way to Bob Arum, but he knows how to steer the ship, as does Frank Warren, amazing survivor in life and in fight sports. You know, they're, they're, they're the elders of our sport, um, the presidential figures, and they know that to get these heavyweight fights over the line, and I'm not just talking about this one, um, Fury and Nagano. I'm talking about Fury and Alexander Usyk. I'm talking about Wilder and Usyk. I'm talking about Wilder and Joshua. Fury and Joshua. They're talking, I'm sure, about all these fights. And then as that grows, you'd imagine that you don't think they'll talk to the Canelos of this world and the Devon Haney's and the, and the Ryan Garcia's. They want to capture the imagination. And the way to do it is you go in big, first of all, don't you, with the heavyweights, because there's no other division like the heavyweight division. Isn't and this a problem, though, Gareth? And I, I mean a problem in terms of the, the money that they're offering. I mean, no one else can compete with that kind of money, right? I mean, and I think we've seen the stalling of some big fights being made because, you know, I mean, AJ Wilder wanted a number. That number was supposedly 
given by the Saudis and now all of a sudden that number's not there and they don't really want to fight in the UK because they don't have that number again. Isn't it a problem when their numbers are so astronomical, any other number just seems almost too small to want to get in the ring? Well, no, I think I, in, in a way, this is this is the powder keg, isn't it? The, 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 the explosive start to okay. the reality season, which is part of the General Entertainment Authority. Um, you know, it's, it's a government-run process part of their vision 2030 where they they want to open the country up to the biggest sporting events they they're ambitious for the world cup for olympics and paralympics you know half their population of nine million is under 25 remember um you know 75 percent of the population is under 35 so it's a very young population they want to open up to the world and that that's when you get here and when you're in this environment here that is so uh, obvious and germane here that they want their society to open up obviously you know there's a there's a there's an islamic way of life here that they can't ignore and and you know um i think the opening up of their society sport is a perfect conduit for that as is music and entertainment and all those things um as I said, i'm heading down to the boulevard soon which you know, we, we, we'll have that feel about it. They want this to be an international affair. And I go back to that guest list. I just want to say all the names on it, but I'm not allowed to because it's kind of under wraps at the moment. It is literally, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm staying in a, in a big hotel complex. Literally, I could, I could be uh, rubbing shoulders with the greatest names in boxing, Um you know, over the next few days that we've seen in the last 50 years. So uh, that's all I can say on that. But it, but it, it's literally, you know, over, over, the, over the poached eggs and toast at breakfast, you, you could be doing a number of selfies, you know, that, you know, and, and blushing um, because, because of the names involved. So um, is, it a, is it a problem? No, it's not a problem because um, if this catches on out here, um, you know, we, we didn't complain when our big boxing events were going to Vegas or New York. We didn't complain when some of those big events came to Wembley or Cardiff in, in that era of Joshua and, and latterly of, of Fury in the UK. Uh, or even looking back in the past with, with Calzaghi uh, fighting in Cardiff at the Millennium Stadium, or it might have, I think it was the Millennium Stadium, um, and then over to the United States for big events. It, it, it's just... You, the, Boxing doesn't have a schedule. It's not um, a calendar sport. It's it's just it's always been the wild west. And and I think if you invest enough in it, you're going to get the biggest fights. But I and and I don't think is it a problem that there there isn't enough money for Joshua and Wilder maybe to fight in Vegas or the UK? If they really want to have that fight or the UK, they could, but they won't. They'll probably wait for money here in the Middle East, which is exactly, by the way, what Tyson Fury and Alexander Usyk have done. Yeah, the, I guess the one good thing about AJ, as we end this section, is that at least he's still fighting as he awaits that. Wilder, on the other hand, is doing nothing. Feet are up, waiting for that big check from Saudi. All right, you listen to Divine Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk an upcoming title defence for Chris Billum-Smith and a return for Amanda Serrano in a 12-by-3-minute fight for the first time. But up next, we are going to hear from Eddie Hearn and chat what next for the big man, AJ. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. We've been focusing on uh, Tyson Fury for the last couple of sections. Let's swear, turn our attention now to Anthony Joshua. And let's hear from his promoter, Eddie Hearn, who's been speaking to Gareth A. Davis. And he spoke about the options out there for AJ, uh, one of them being Wilder, the other one being Tyson Fury. I mean, we looked at Zhang before. If there was an offer to do that fight in Beijing or to look at that fight in the UK, I think it makes sense. You know, a lot of the guys that we've talked about before, Philip Hergovic, Otto Walin, there's a lot happening in the IBF at the moment. AJ could be in line for a world title shot for that fight in the new year as well. Caballero has been mentioned. You know, we appreciate it won't be a mega fight, but he's okay with that. He wants to get back in the ring and keep himself active while he waits for those mega fights. You know, really, there's two fights that AJ needs to have before he retires. And that's Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Sure. And, you know, for me, I think he has to have those fights next year. And mm. and that's the plan. But mm. what he's not going to do is be inactive like a lot of these guys. You look at Deontay Wilder, he hasn't boxed in over a year. And that was a 45-second blowout in his, in, his, in, in his last fight. You know, um, Andy Ruiz, these kind of guys, they're fighting like once a year. Mm. So I think if AJ can box three times in nine months, I think that that's good for his career. But ultimately what he wants, we want, and, and the British public want is the biggest fights out there. And really he's boxed everyone sure. outside of Wilder and Fury. Yeah, but the problem is those are everyone, aren't they? Wilder and Fury are the ones that he needs to have. But look, there are some good points to take away, Gareth, from that interview. I think the first point is AJ will, it looks like, have a fight in December. Uh, he is in Austin, Texas now. Uh, he was there for the F1. He, he's going to be linking up with Derek James again. And three times in nine months for AJ is incredible. I mean, we're going back to AJ of 2012, 13, 14. He doesn't fight three times in nine months. In fact, he fights three times in four years. So I like the fact that it's active. Yes, it might not be the big names in the division, but I like the fact it's active. It's free fight camps with Derek James, and it should then, I think, propel him to a good 2024. Yeah, and if uh, I don't know if I said this to you last week, but uh, I mean, my if I was speaking promotionally, um, which might not be to the delight of all the fans out there, if I, speaking promotionally, if I was Eddie Hearn, I'd just keep Anthony Joshua winning, and I'd keep Anthony Joshua winning till Tyson Fury and uh, Alexander Usyk have fought, because there's still an enormous fight for him with Tyson Fury, which will still generate. Um, I think massive interest in the UK, even though in a sense, Anthony Joshua's stock 
kind of fell when he lost twice successively to Alexander Usyk. Um, that's that's I think if I'm thinking it, they'll have thought it. Mm. Um, you know, um, the I don't know if we're going to hear it, but um, I think the idea of Joshua coming out openly and saying I wouldn't mind being on the undercard of um, Fury and Usyk, I like the sound of that. I like the way that's building. Um, so th- there's five or six heavyweight fights that that need to happen. Um, and if if the if 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 the if if Joshua and Hearn put their um, kind of promotional rivalries to one side, I think there's there's space in you know where I am now, space where for where Joshua can fit in. I, I I quite like the fact that he's not being egotistical and says he would fight on the undercard um, of of Fury and Usyk if it was Wilder amazing um because you know you get the two winners and the two losers fighting of those two fights but um i love his ap- appetite like you've just said for being busy mm. um and I, I i admire the fact that he's a made man and yet he's still got that that drive in him to want to get better to want to continue fighting because yeah. he certainly doesn't need to no, of course he doesn't. I mean, the bank is okay. The bailiffs are not at his door. And I like what you said as well. Warren and Hearn need to work with each other. I think we all saw the demise of Showtime and who would have thought that would have happened. And it shows when promoters don't work with each other, it causes problems. If big mm-hmm. fights can be made, everyone can eat, everyone can make some money. Why not uh, Why not do it? And, and you're right, AJ did speak um, and, uh, to Martin Brundle um, on the F1, didn't he, the other day, talking about the fact that he will f- he's willing to fight on the undercard because he knows it's a big one. I mean, that's a Super Bowl, that is. I mean, Fury, Usyk and AJ, you don't even need no more undercard fights. Just that four. That's it. That's all you need. Those four guys going at each other and you're talking pay-per-view records uh, being done. I think it's highly unlikely because you could do them on separate weekends and both of them would do over a million pay-per-view buys. But, I mean, it could happen. It really could happen. I, I want to quickly move on to this. I want to I want to spend a couple of minutes and talk about this. Eddie Hearn Uh, also um, in that piece, said this about fighters. And he said, look, we'll look to drop fighters who keep on refusing to take fights we provide. And this is what Eddie had to say. The purses are getting out of control of fighters that don't deliver the commercial value back in that return. So it's twofold here. Number one is making sure that, you know, every fighter deserves to be rewarded. But in the fights that actually, you know, the number's got to be right. It's got to have the value. It's got to put bums on seats. It's got to drive subscribers and viewership. And you do that by making great fights. So I don't have a problem paying the money. But I think what we have to stop, and when I say we, not just Matram, but all promoters, is just giving fighters or teams, and most often the managers and the the lawyers, giving them easy nights when they don't really need easy nights. And it doesn't benefit anybody. doesn't benefit the broadcaster, doesn't benefit the customer, doesn't benefit the promoter, and really doesn't benefit the fighter. You know, there's nothing wrong with suffering a defeat if you're in the right fight and it's competitive and compelling. You'll come again. You know, we see that with the likes of Lee Wood, you know, going through his career and now, you know, arguably pound for pound, one of the top British fighters. But we are saying to fighters now, and we do have a responsibility to bring them through in the right manner and to give them that education and, and graduation to the tougher fights. But when it's time to pull the trigger and we all believe and the training team believes that this is the right fight, and you're out there trying to get an easy fight that no one wants to see, we're not going to pay for it anymore. 
because we don't want to take you know we've got the the misfits we've got the youtube boxing we're under pressure mm. one thing we've got i think <clears throat> one, one thing we beat them at is the product in the ring right and when we get it right there's nothing like boxing but we just got to get it right more times than we get it wrong he's right I think he's right. I think he's he's spot on in what he says there. Um, and it's very much, uh, I think, a UFC approach to this. He, he sounds like Dana White there. And I think, you know, I know he's a big fan of the way Dana White and the UFC operate. And it's kind of like that. We think you're ready for this fight. We're going to make this fight. And look, it's not that easy with boxing. I think there are more things to be said to it. But I, I do feel like some fighters, especially, again, looking over towards America, have been overpaid for years taking the fights we don't want to see. As fight fans, in order to grow this sport, we need to see the big fights happen more often than not. And I think it's been the opposite. Yeah, I mean, you can't disagree with what he's saying there. You want to see the best fight the best as soon as we can see them fight the best. Mm. I like the fact that there's, his caveat is um, that you have to allow the process that fighters go through when they're growing because that it is a process in terms of levels. You step up, don't you? Mm. And that's the way boxing works. Um, you know, you mentioned the UFC. The UFC has a roster. I remember when they used to cut fighters if they lost two or three in a row. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they don't anymore as well. So um, commercial value is really important. All those factors, you know, that's his his mindset working there. That's the way every promoter's mindset works because you build towards the big fights. That's how boxing works. But the attitude of that is right. And... Maybe, um, maybe heralded, you know, we were both up there at Misfits. Um, was that last weekend? The weekend before last. Mm. Um, and, and you did think... He, he was at, there as well, watching it. And he was there with his daughter, yeah. Mm. Exactly. You know, I spoke to him that night for TalkSport. And, you know, one of those, one of those things is um, the, 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 the build-up was amazing or different, very WWE, however you want to criticise it or, or, or enjoy it or whatever it was. Um, and it caused a lot of drama. But what was the product like in the ring? And I've we spoke about it last week. I found myself really going over it and kind of for the first time really something right. What should they do? What need they to do? Can you combine exciting young fighters on one of those cards when you have got massive names on the top or even influencers? Um, there's there's so many. You know, it's a very creative industry. It's a very creative sport. Um, and and I think the matchmaking is key, um, you know. And I mean, you know, we just talked about it earlier. You look at last weekend; we kind of were able to predict the way that Jack Catterall and Linares was going to go because we know the sport. Um, and I think you know, there, there, there's in this day and age, you know, with social media and fans don't want the wool pulled over their eyes. Mm. Uh, so you know. It, He's right. He's right in what he's saying. And, and if they, if we're reaching for that, then that's great. But when when you've got promotional rivalries and broadcast rivalries, my my experience is, and, and, and it's historical fact, you only get all the broadcasters and all the promoters coming together mm-hmm. for very big fights when they all do it together. And that be that a Mike Tyson event or a Mayweather-Pacquiao. So it, it, it's... It's, it's, it all comes down to the finances in the end. Yeah, it certainly does. All right, you listen to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we are going to take uh, and talk a title defence uh, for Chris Bidham Smith and a bit of history as well in women's boxing.
Welcome back. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis, who's out there in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, looking ahead to the big one on the weekend. Let's focus matters at, at home. Uh, Crispin and Smith, uh, it's been announced a couple of hours ago, will take on uh, Mastanek, um, who I remember fighting Tony Bellew years ago, eight years ago, the very experienced po, uh, uh, sorry, Polish fighter who last fought, who last defeated, sorry, uh, against Uniel Dorticus way back in 2018. Um, why is Chris Billum Smith fighting Mastanek and not Akoli, the rematch where everyone expected there was a rematch clause in that fight, or not Richard Riakpour? Well, I mean, I don't know the reason, but um, I'd love to have seen that. I mean, I think Lawrence Akoli obviously had the rematch clause. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard Riakpour would have been a brilliant opponent as well. All three of them. Uh, under the Sky Boxer uh, Benchalon promotional ban- banner, mm-hmm. so um, you ex- would would yeah, you would hazard a guess, and I'm hazarding a guess here, Addy, because I don't truly know um, that the money, the 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 timing doesn't line up for that. Um, you know, as you say, we've known Masternak, Matthias Masternak. Like you say, Tony, but he fought Tony Bellew, I think, and lost to Tony Bellew eight years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's a 52 fight veteran. He's 36 now. Um, Billum Smith's got to be careful in this fight that he doesn't become a banana skin for him as well. Um, you know, I think he, 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 he lost to Uniel Dorticos um, back in 2018, but I think he's been on a five or six, maybe seven fight, six fight winning streak since then. And, you know, He'll see this as an opportunity Indeed. to take a world title and, you know, fight a Riakpour or a, or, or an Akoli next. So, you know, Billum Smith needs to get the job done. Um, and, you know, he looked brilliant in that fight against Lawrence Akoli. We were there for TalkSport on a balmy night in Bournemouth. It was a great weekend. Um, but again, you can critique it, but um, I, I do think there's an appetite for... For in the, from British fans to see those three cruiserweights all facing each other very soon. That, that's why I find it weird as well. I find it strange just because, again, you mentioned Ben Shalom has all of those. And I guess the reason he was so high on getting a Coley, it was for the Riyadh fight that there was a lot of talk about that one. But as soon as Coley was upset by Chris Billum Smith, it's like, okay, look, I've got all these cruiserweights in-house. Let, it's almost like make an in-house tournament. And then all of a sudden you get the experienced pole in Masternick. And I agree, it's a banana skin that you don't really need to have, but maybe... And you mentioned at the top there, maybe there's a financial reason. Maybe Akoli wants to uh, try something out first before he goes back in with Chris Benham-Smith. Uh, I just find it strange. But look, it's good to see Chris Benham-Smith out again. I thought it was fantastic on commentary for Isaac Chamberlain uh, versus Mikhail Lowell. And that fight will take place on the 10th of December, so not long uh, to go. Amanda Serrano in action. Uh, we've been speaking about this one. Uh, a 12, uh, a 12 rounder, 12 three-minute rounds as well. She takes on Danila uh, Ramos, um, it's happening. Uh, I don't know if it's going to happen sort of long term, and this is going to be a thing. I don't. I doubt it will be. I don't want it to be. But Amanda Serrano is going to have a twelve three minute round fight. I, I say that it's not going to go twelve threes. I think she'll get rid no. of her before then, anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, so in in a way, it's kind of uh, it, it's 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 not going to play out in the way that you know a lot of people would like to think and see that you know how women's how is women's going to box boxing and a look in three uh, minute rounds. I mean, I've got to say, I mean, colours to the mast here. I, I'd like to see 12 twos to go up from 20 mm. minutes to 
54 minutes, first of all. This is a big leap from 20 minutes to 36 minutes, almost doubles the length of the fight. Um, so more research. Um, and, uh, you know, look, like, like you say, I think she'll get her out of there. I think, uh, um, I think Amanda will win within five or six rounds um, and we won't really find out anything. Gareth, enjoy your now in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. I'll see you uh, tomorrow and we'll, we'll catch up. Uh, this has been Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Gareth A. Davis and myself, Adil Adipa. Up next is Asian Durham. It's kickoff. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.